Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. This is not a suggestion. This is not for... um, For churches in other countries, this is for the body of Christ today. This is for every believer. And I tell you, there is coming very soon, if not already, a real demarcation between those that follow Jesus with all their heart and seek to obey all his commands and those that sit in church playing games but have never surrendered their lives to him and his purpose. And here it says, by the Spirit of God, Paul says, if you're a believer today in Jesus Christ, and is there any believers today in Jesus here? Yes? Okay, okay. It says, pursue love. Pursue it. Pursue the nature of Jesus. And earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So don't tell me today it's not for me. If you're a believer, if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, Paul's saying it needs to be your goal in life to earnestly, passionately desire the gifts of the Spirit. We cannot do what we are called to do in this hour unless we are anointed and equipped by the Holy Spirit. The enemy will take us out and and relegate us as insignificant and useless in society. You and I need to be anointed and equipped by the Holy Ghost for this hour. And especially that you would prophesy. Wow. 1 Corinthians 12 once says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, that's all of us today. Paul again writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, I do not want you to be ignorant. I want you to know how to operate and function in the gifts. If you don't know how to function in the gifts, well, you're living in ignorance and disobedience. He says, come on, make it your goal, your life purpose, your earnest desire, your passion to know how to function in the anointing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This world needs believers that know how to function in the gifts of the Spirit. It's tired of religious nonsense. It's either black or white, and we must be equipped for this hour. Paul says, pray for the gifts to operate in your life, and especially that you might prophesy. Well, I've asked myself, Over and over. Why would he say that? I think one of the reasons is that what separates the church from everyone else in society, and we're not elite, we're not better, but the thing that marks God's people from everyone else is that we carry inside of us the word of the Lord for the moment. Did you hear that? He says, earnestly desire that you might prophesy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Jesus is the now word of God. He is the living word. And Paul says, pray that you might prophesy. Pray that you carry within your heart the now word for the season that we live in. What is God saying to the nation right now? Well, I think we heard some of that last week. What is God saying to the church now? 
What is God saying to my family now? What's he saying about my marriage, about my children, about my workplace? I must carry within me. It should be in my bones, the very word of the Lord for this hour. Paul says, earnestly desire that you would prophesy. Look at Acts 3 verse 24 with me now. This is what... We hear from the Spirit of God saying to us, Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who followed and as many as have spoken have also foretold these days. Which days? Well, the days of Acts, but also these days right now. All the prophets have spoken about the hour that you and I find ourselves in now. Listen to what they say. Verse 25, You are the sons of the prophets. And of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. We have an inheritance from God to carry his word for this hour. You today are the son and the daughter of the prophets. You carry a word within you that this world desperately needs. Well, not me. I'm sorry. It's you. It's you. If you're born again, if the Spirit of God lives within you, God says, I've put a word inside you for this hour that the world desperately needs to hear. And if you've got time, you can read in your own uh, devotions, Isaiah 59, 21, which is Acts 3, 24, fulfilled. It is the heart of God for the church that we would carry the word of the Lord for this hour. Revelation 10 verse 9, we see the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. He goes up and he has this encounter with the Lord and he sees into the future, into our days. The fulfillment of Daniel, when Daniel had a little book that was, it was given to him. And in that book held the secrets, the mysteries of God for the last end time days. And John sees in the spirit and he sees this book uh, given to him. And the Bible says that he ate this book. And as he ate it, it says, in verse 9 of Revelation 10, it says, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. I'll read it again in verse 9. The angel said, sorry, he went to the angel and said to him, Give me that little book. And he said to me, Take and eat it. And it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. And you will prophesy, verse 11, to kings, to many people, to nations, and to tongues. And so we see here that in these last days, God's going to give us a message. They'll be sweet as honey, that we'll get a, a revelation from the very throne of God. God's people are about to get a download like never before of the purposes of God for this hour. And we'll begin to prophesy to kings and nations and to people because a prophetic word releases the purposes of God from heaven to earth. You need to understand, I'm going to talk about this later. The purpose of a prophetic word is to release the intentions of God in heaven to earth. So God's looking for people that would hear his heart and prophetically release what is on his heart to the earth. 
And that's why God, the enemy wants to silence you. He wants to disturb you. He wants to say in your heart, you don't hear God. You've never heard God. You're not anointed. You don't have the gifts of the Spirit because he's afraid that you'll begin to discover that you are called to be a prophet from God, that you have a prophetic mantle on your life to release heaven to earth over your family, over your workplace, over this nation and this city. And so we see in Revelation 10 that this, this uh, revelation's like honey. And isn't it rather strange this last week that honey was discovered coming into our nation that had been polluted and diluted with rice syrup? And I felt God say to me that there's been revelation released into the body of Christ and, and so-called prophetic words that have been diluted, that have carried like a portion of God's heart and a portion of man's heart. And what God is raising up in this hour is the undiluted prophetic word of the Lord from his heart to this nation. And we will know it's undiluted because it will come with power. And as we speak, the enemy will begin to get agitated and begin to react. And you will know that you've heard from God. When the enemy takes no notice to the prophetic word, you haven't heard from God. When Elijah spoke, Jezebel began to react. And you will know that you've heard from God because there will be a stirring in the spirit, but it will release God to do his work. This nation will never be changed until men and women and boys and girls, the young and the old, begin to hear what God is saying and prophetically declare it in their bedrooms, in their workplaces, in their streets. You must speak what God has showed you to say. So I say to the body of Christ, this is not an hour to be silent, to be cowardly. Because in, the, in Revelation, God heaps together the adulterer with those who are cowards, who retreat because they don't want the pressure. But God has given you a word to speak in this hour. And so you must speak with wisdom. But you must speak what God says over your marriage, over your workplace, over your children. You still with me? Yeah. Woo, that's good. When Jesus began his ministry, Luke chapter 4, which is a fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah gave in Isaiah 61. One of the things that Jesus said, he says, I am anointed by the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that the anointing of the Spirit will do, he has anointed me to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. And what God is wanting to do today is to cause the body of Christ to see and to hear so we may prophesy. Prior to the fall, Adam and Eve, they could see into the spirit realm. They're able to walk with God and talk with God and commune with God. And when they sinned, the Bible tells us that their sight was forever altered. And it's rather ironic that they lost their spiritual sight and it says their eyes were opened. And they began to see more in the natural realm than they could in the spirit realm. They began to see things that they should never have seen in the natural realm, their own nakedness, and they lost sight of the presence and the power of God in their life. 
And Jesus has come to restore the sight and restore the hearing to the body of Christ. Are you hearing that? John 16, verse 13. Jesus says, I've sent the Holy Spirit to live in you and to help you to see and to understand spiritual realms. And we say, well, I can't see. It's all too hard. It's, well, it's not for me. I'm not a good enough Christian. I want to tell you today, I want you to listen to me. Those watching on live stream, listening on YouTube, listen to me. Are you listening? John 16, verse 13. When he, the Spirit of truth, speaking of the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you today, you, into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he's here today to tell you what is to come. He's in you today to tell you what's in the heart of the Father and to show you things to come. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, he is there to speak to you about what's on the heart of the Father and to show you things to come. Verse 15 says, All that belongs to the Father is mine, and the Spirit will receive from me, and he will make that known to you. John 14 tells us the Holy Spirit is our teacher tells us he's our guide and he's our helper. And so part of our prayer life is to remind ourselves and to declare over ourselves, Holy Spirit, you said you're my guide, you're my teacher, you're my coach, you're my comforter, you're my wisdom, you're, you're all that I need. You said you'd show me things to come. Jeremiah said, speaking of you, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. I'm here to teach you. And, and all it takes the church is to stop, to slow down and to recognize that our greatest helper is inside us to speak to us and reveal to us the mind of God so we could release the word of the Lord. You are on the earth today to release the word of the Lord for this hour. Amen? See, you've got to understand, and we're going to talk about this a bit later, about spiritual climates, about engaging prophetically, speaking out the word of the Lord to shift the climate. So many Christians lie under the climate rather than jumping over the top of it. Uh, rather than controlling climate, we succumb to climate in our own lives, in our marriages, in our families, and when we come together. Prophetic people hear the word of the Lord and speak to the climate. Okay. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. Let's go to that now. These are the things that God has revealed to us by the Spirit. So God is revealing things to us even today by His Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things, of God. Verse 12, and we have received what we have received is not the spirit of this world, but we've received the spirit who is from God. You do not carry the spirit of this world, but you carry the spirit which is of God. I say that again over your life you don't carry the spirit of this world, 
but you carry the Spirit, which is from God. So that we may understand, why do we carry the Spirit of God? So we would understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Remember, you're prophetic people. Not in words taught by human wisdom, not diluted stuff, but in words taught by the Spirit, so we could explain spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. In other words, he's saying, when you connect with the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you a download from the heart of the Father. He's going to explain to you spiritual realities, how God sees everything playing out on earth. He's going to explain spiritual realities and he's going to give you words that you speak that will unlock the spiritual realities of heaven to earth. Nothing happens on earth today until God's people hear the word of the Lord and release it in their mouths. Nothing will happen. And that's why the devil comes to lie to you about the fact that you can't hear God's voice and to lie to you and say you need to stay silent. Stay under the radar. Keep quiet. Don't get aggressive. Don't get your back up. Don't resist. Just play it cool. Just be a, 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 one of those you know, Sunday Christians and, and, and go to work and stay under the radar. You're a prophetic mouse, not a prophetic man. God will say, next, please. Give me someone that will speak. That's what he's looking at. The, the disciples, the, the thing that set them apart was not their intellect, was their boldness and their obedience. The voice that we respond to determines the future that you'll experience. And if you, if you listen to the voice of reason, of apathy, of the flesh... That's the future you're going to experience. I'll say it again. The vo voice that you respond to determines the future that you're going to experience. I need to hear his voice. I need to hear what God is saying today for this nation, for this city, for this church, for my family. I must hear his voice. And then I learn the proclamations and declarations for this season. That's why Isaiah says, in 51 verse 16, I have put my words in your mouth. Did you hear that? God says, I have put my words in your mouth. Did you hear that? Look at me. I have put my words in your mouth. I'll say it again because some people don't believe it. I have put my words in your mouth. I put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. Did you hear that? I'm talking to you, not your neighbor. God has put his words in your mouth. Yes. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. See, listen to this. When God's word in, is in your mouth and you declare it, you don't need to worry about who protects you. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. You are more exposed to the enemy when you remain silent than when you speak. Just a thought. That I might plant, plant the heavens... And lay the foundations of the earth. As I speak, I am planting heaven on earth. I am laying a foundation. And you know you've got a word from God when people react. So I believe in this hour for prophetic people that spiritual dimensions are going to be opened 
like never before. Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 2.8, you may want to underline this, he talks about the manifestation of Jesus' appearance. Now, I'll give you a clue. It's not just all going to happen when it comes. There's going to be a prelude to the coming of Jesus. He says there's going to be a manifestation of Jesus' appearance. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. There will be a massive input into the realm of the Spirit. You know this because in every major event in Scripture, whether it was Moses or David, whoever it was, every significant uh, intersection in history, there is a spiritual awakening and stirring that goes on. And so too for the coming of Jesus. There is going to be an increase of spiritual activity. I want to say to you today and remind you again that the spirit world is not another dimension in another place, but it's a dimension that we have right here in our physical world. Remember, I used this analogy a while ago. It's like the wind and the effects of the wind. You can see it, but it's in another dimension. And that's how it is. As we speak, we're going to see shifts in the dimension all around. We're going to be aware as prophetic people that there is a dimension right here, right now, that we can impose on and move in that will affect the physical world that we see. Like the wind that blows. You don't know where it comes from, but you see its effect. And you see the, the trees begin to move because the wind has come. And we will see things in the physical move because we have spoken in the realm of the Spirit and a shift has occurred. 1 Corinthians 14.31 says, For you all may prophesy. Did you hear that? Paul says to the church, throughout all the ages, you all may prophesy. I'll say it again. For you all all, all may prophesy. You say, he's a bit odd today. No, I'm just trying to get a point home because I know what goes on in the brains of most believers. They come to me after the service and they say, that was a great message. It's a pity that my husband wasn't here today. No, it was for you. It was for you. And Paul's saying to you today, you all may prophesy. You all carry the word of the Lord inside you. You all have the ability to shift atmospheres, to cause the wind of the Spirit to move and trees to begin to move because of that. Holy Spirit comes to you with all his attributes, all his power, with all his gifts, and he is saying today to me and to you, let me loose. Paul says to Timothy again, 2 Timothy 1.6, Stir up the gift that is within you. All the gifts of the Spirit, all the power of the Spirit, the mind of the Spirit. Stir it up today. So here's the problem. You don't need more of God. You just need to stir up and release what is already inside you. You don't need to tarry and plead and beg. You need to step out in faith and say to yourself today, I am called of God 
The spirit of prophecy is upon me. The gifts of the spirit are within me. I am going to stir it up, stir it up, because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a disciplined mind. My mind is not going to get in the way. It's going to serve me as I release the gifts. Fear is not going to get in the way. I will release what is inside me. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. That word fear literally means intimidation. The devil wants to intimidate God's people and say, you can't do it. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to make mistakes. You make yourself a fool. God won't come through. God has not given you that spirit of fear, but of love. He is with you. He says, I'm for you, in you, and with you. You've got it. I've got it covered. You can do it. God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. He's put the Holy Ghost and all he's looking for is a body. If he can use a donkey, he can use you. The same with demons. They're just looking for a vessel. And they say, if we can't have people, give us some pigs. If we can't have a pig, give us a painting. Give us something that we can latch on to. The Bible says, do you not know that you are the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost, that he lives within you? He's made his home inside you. He says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I will be with you even to the end of the age. Do you not understand who lives within you? And he comes with all his power, all his glory, all his gifts, and the mind of God to be released through your voice. Romans 12, 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, there's a grace in your life. You didn't earn it, deserve it. God's graced you with the gifts of the Spirit. And then he goes on to say, Let us then, having gifts differing according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy, prophesy in proportion to our faith. So Paul is saying here that we can... Release the gifts in proportion to the faith that is upon us. So I say to you, build your faith. Build your faith. He's not saying, well, you know, if you don't have any faith, bad luck. He's not saying that. He's saying, I've graced you with the gifts of the Spirit. I've graced you with the anointing. You didn't earn it or deserve it. Now release. Stir up the gifts. Let faith arise. Build up the faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about that next week. One of the ways we, the, the gateway to the gifts is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You build yourself up and then you release it. Paul's saying, stir the gifts up within you. I'm telling you, without the gifts, we're like an army without any weapons. We're powerless. We're useless. And I don't want to see the church relegated to some little hick club that sits in the corner because that's what the devil wants. Stay out of politics. Stay out of business. Stay out of everything that defines the culture of this nation. No way. We're not staying out of politics. Because my Bible says that his kingdom reigns over all. That he is the ruler and the master. That in fact the earth belongs to him. The government will be upon his shoulder, excuse me, not the shoulder of man, or a political party, the government will be upon his shoulder. His kingdom come. We have been sold the biggest lie that we have no right to have a voice in our nation. We don't have a right to impose ourselves on people, but we have a right to speak. So we are prophetic people. And very quickly, 
I want to give you just a couple of things to take home. One of the things about prophecy is it destroys the work of the devil. Amos 1.2 says this, The Lord will roar from Zion. He will utter his voice from Jerusalem. Let me tell you, Jesus went to the cross and died as the Lamb of God. And we thank him and we honor him, but he's not in that form anymore, or predominantly known as that. He, he rose as the lion of the tribe of Judah, prevailing over all the works of darkness. And he now roars. The lion is now roaring. The sheep is not bleating. The lion is now roaring. And prophecy destroys the works of the devil. The Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And so that lion-like nature of God is released through God's people. He puts a roar in your mouth, not a squeak, a roar against all the works of darkness. Joel spoke in Joel 2.28 of a day when all would prophesy. He calls them, in effect, like Zion's lions. We shall all prophesy. He saw a day when you and I would get our voice again. We'd begin to roar over injustice. We'd begin to speak to government. We would say, you know what? Even though I don't have a physical place there, I have a physical place in heaven. I, I sit with the ruler over all rulers. I sit with the king over all kings. And I have the right to speak the word of the Lord into every sector of society because I am a son of the living God. You need to realize that you are more important and more, more influential and more powerful than any other person that doesn't know God because you carry his authority. You're an ambassador for him. And you roar in his behalf. So God is adjusting the mindsets and the hearts and the image of God's people. There's a stirring that comes. Amos 3, 7 says, The Lord God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, and who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, and who cannot but prophesy? I want to say to you today that the lion lives within you, and he wants to roar through you. Amos says that the Lord comes and he reveals his heart to the prophets, and they begin to roar like a lion. We're not like zoo lions. You know, all caged up, caged by religion and tradition. Oh, you better not speak. You better be quiet in church. You don't want to make yourself look like a fool. You better be careful at work. You don't want to become one of those religious zealots, the happy clappers they call. We're not zoo lions. We're not caged up by religion and tradition. I hate religion and tradition. I detest it. I hate the fact that people come to church and there's pressure to conform and, and you can't express your emotions. And if you, if you lift up your hands and, and love God with all your heart, you're some sort of wacko. But you, and do, you go outside church and you can be a wacko in the cricket clubs and the football clubs. We're not caged, uh, the zoo lions, caged by religion. And we're not circus lions performing tricks trying to come up with some sort of prophetic tricks to impress people and, and get gigs and money. We're, we're the lion of Zion. We're Zion's lions that get the word of the Lord, the pure, unadulterated word of the Lord, and we speak it no matter what the cost. That's who the church is. 
When the lion roars, it's marking out territory. Many of you know the story about the lion, that its roar, I, I believe it's, I think it's up to like five kilometers away it can be heard, and it's marking out territory. It's saying to the enemy, not on my turf. Don't touch my, my flock. Don't you come near here. If you come near here, I'm going to roar, and I'm warning you, if you come here, I will take you out. When other male lions come in, and the lion, the, the king of the jungle has roared, if they, dis, if they dismiss his roar and they come in, he will take them out, and often he will, he will take away their genitals. You will never reproduce again. You're not coming in here and reproducing your lies and your fear and all your garbage, I'll take you out. So the lion roars and says, this is my turf. And see, that's what the church hasn't done up to now. As a collective body, we've not roared over our nation and said, not on my turf. We've had stuff come in that's now legislated and primarily because the church didn't get together and release the roar of the Lord. It's not by might nor by power, not by placards, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's like the wind. We don't know where it came from. We don't know where it's going, but we see its effect. It marks out its boundaries, but the other thing it does, it calls in stray members. Those are the lost. And when the lion roars, you see the documentaries where there may be young cubs or stray um, uh, female lions and they hear the roar and it's a call. Here I am, come and be safe. The prophetic roar marks territory, but it calls in the wounded, the discouraged. We have hundreds and thousands, tens of thousands of wounded uh, people in this city and in this nation that need the prophetic word of the Lord, that need to be set free from bondage and addiction and depression and hopelessness, that have given their lives to Jesus and find themselves lost and broken and disengaged. The word of the Lord comes to set them free and to bring them in. Amen. Acts 2.16. I'm just sharing different things on the prophetic at the moment. One of the things that prophetic flow does is so it, takes, it takes authority over the enemy. And, and, and what it does, it releases the glory of God to manifest. Acts 2.16 says, It will come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see dreams, old men, sorry, see visions. Old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Yeah. See, all this, don't get caught up in old and young men. He's saying for everybody, old, young, we all fit in this category, and all of them shall prophesy. And as we prophesy, listen to what he says. And then. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that all that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says here, the prophet Joel, that as the body of Christ begin to prophesy, heaven starts to get involved in activity here on earth. There's a shaking, there's a moving, signs and wonders are released before Jesus comes. 
One of the signs of the return of Jesus will be the body of Christ begins to prophesy. And I have a, 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 just an unction right now that the Lord has shown me that even while we are asleep, I see it right now, people prophesying in their sleep to kings and nations, releasing the word of the Lord. It says they will dream dreams and see visions and they will prophesy. And I used to see right now that as you are dreaming in your bed at night, you will be dreaming at one level and prophesying physically prophesying on another level. You'll be prophesying what you are seeing in your sleep to kings and to nations. So partners, don't be surprised if your other, your other half wakes you up during the sleep at night because they are prophesying the word of the Lord in their sleep. So before God set his people free in Egypt, he sent a prophet called Moses. And it's interesting that God just didn't say, right, all you people come out. God could have done that. But he sends a prophet with the rod of authority, which is a picture of the word of the Lord. And he begins to pronounce judgments on the enemy and prophesy over the destiny of Israel, the Hebrews, and of Egypt. And as he does that, there's a shift in the spiritual climate. And this is what you need to understand God can't release the end time harvest, which is a picture of all the Jews in Egypt until the prophets, and I say prophets as in those that prophesy. There is a distinction. But as God's people begin to prophesy, it pronounces judgment on every demonic force that's holding God's people captive, or the future people captive. It's a spiritual Awakening that begins to happen as you prophesy. Something had to be broken in the spirit. What needs to change in your marriage, your workplace, your family, churches, cities, nations is all about spiritual climate. It's all about strongholds that are adjusted and broken through the prophetic declaration of the Lord. So prophesy according to your faith. If you have faith for the mountain of money and finance, prophesy according to your faith. Hear the word of the Lord. O mountain of mammon, you shall come down. There shall be a great turning upside down. And the wealth of the wicked shall be laid up for the just. We need men and women of great faith who will speak defy these strongholds. God's people have been bound for 400 years in Egypt and in comes one man. Are you getting this? One man. One old man. But he carries the word of the Lord. And he can walk into the very palace and physically he could have been taken out in the moment. Have you ever wondered how he got to prophesy to Pharaoh and all the, the, the evil rulers with him, and they never once touched him. I'll cover you in the shadow of my hand. When you carry the word of the Lord, God will protect you until that word is fulfilled. 
And so we're in an hour where there are structures and strongholds that have held this nation captive for so long. And they will be broken and diminished by the word of the Lord that comes out of God's people's mouths. And that's why the devil hates the prophetic. That's why he hates it when you speak. That's why he's always killed the prophets. That's why he took the head off John the Baptist. Because he's intimidated when you speak. And you may go home today, whether you're listening in a live stream or in the church, and you may think, what was all that about? You may be intimidated, but I hope you go home today and you begin to speak like never before. You begin to war over the things that are valuable to you. Over the things that the enemy's stolen from you, you say, no way, no way, no way. You begin to seek the Lord. You say, Lord, I need the unadulterated word of the Lord for this hour. I need the honey. I need the honey, the pure revelation. I need your word for this hour. And I'll release that with great faith. Prophecy destroys the work of the enemy. And it builds God's people. I want to say to you just as we close today. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 that we prophesy because it builds and it encourages and it comforts. And there are so many people in the body of Christ that are being taken out through discouragement and through perceived like hope deferred. That there's unfulfilled in their mind, unfulfilled promises and they're discouraged and they're broken. And the Bible says that as we begin to prophesy, not only are we pushing back the strongholds of the enemy, but we're building God's people into a mighty army. After the service today, the youth are going to prophesy. And one of the things that will happen, that as the word of the Lord is released, it, it begins to dismantle discouragement and hopelessness and fear, and it comforts and exhorts and it builds and it strengthens. And you'll go home with a new word of the Lord in your heart, with new confidence and boldness. There's something powerful about prophecy. There are prophetic words. I remember one that I had over me. I must have been about 13 or 14. And it's as clear to me today, almost 40 years later. I can't remember some conversations I had yesterday. But when the word of the Lord comes to you, it comes with such power and clarity that it never, ever leaves you. It breaks the bondages of generational curses. It breaks fear and addiction. That's the power of prophecy. Amen. Paul says, for you all may prophesy. Now, yes, there's guidance and boundaries and great wisdom as we prophesy, and we've taught about that in this church. But let's just begin at base number one, is desire. Earnestly desire that you would prophesy. Begin to prophesy over yourself at home. Start with that. Begin to prophesy over your workplace and your family. Prophesy over your street, over your suburb, over your city, over the nation. Ask God for people in, in government. Say, Lord, put somebody on my heart. And give me prophetic words to speak over them. Take authority over the strongholds in society and prophesy over kings and lands and nations. So, Father, today, 
I'm asking that there would be in this house the spirit of prophecy that would rise up in this house upon your people. I know the enemy's come to shut down your people, but you've come to speak through us. And today I release by faith the spirit of prophecy upon your people that they would carry within them the word of the Lord for this hour, for their lives, for their marriages, for their families, for their finances, for every area of their life. I say, I speak by faith into your spirit and I say, receive the word of the Lord. If you want that right now, just lift up your hands. I say, I speak into your spirit. Receive the word of the Lord. Father, let it be like fire inside them. May your word root out and build. May it come against all the works of the enemy. May it silence his advances. And may it establish your kingdom. I now speak against every work of the enemy that seeks to destroy marriages, separate people, put people on different paths, different passions. And I say right now, Lord, that every marriage, every relationship would be brought into unity of purpose in Jesus' name. Let there be unity of purpose. I see in the Spirit that, that even this week the enemy has tried to put couples on different paths, to cause misunderstanding, to cause different passions, different focuses. And I bind the spirit of division and I speak unity of purpose right now. I speak over every household that there would be, Lord, common passion and hunger for you in Jesus' name. And I release the spirit of prophecy right now in Jesus' name.